Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope that you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians 12. And uh, as an introductory thought, the uh, headline of this article kind of caught my attention this week. It'll come up on the screen. The title of the article at Inc.com was Four Scientifically Proven Reasons Why Loneliness Is As Bad For You As Smoking. And it just made me go, wow. So that was, there it is, scientifically proven reasons why loneliness is as bad for you as smoking. And here's, it's, this is just a little section. It said it increases cholesterol raises your blood pressure, and weakens your immune system. And then can we emphasize that last sentence? It says, spend too much time alone, and you could literally. Have you ever met anyone who overuses that word? Literally. I mean, they literally use it every sentence. I just miss you. Never mind. God. But spend too much time alone, and you could literally be shortening your life. Kind of dramatic, isn't it? I'm not sure about all that. But I am sure of something. We're going to switch gears real quickly here. I am absolutely sure of this. Too much time alone, too much time alone is not good for our spiritual life. Did you know God did not create us to walk with him just alone. Some verses, Hebrews 10.24. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And here's what it says. Not giving up meeting together. In Acts chapter 2, arguably the most dynamic time spiritually in human history. This is why the the Holy Spirit had come. This is after Jesus has, has risen from the dead, ascended into heaven, and the church is growing. Even without the physical presence of Jesus, the miraculous was happening. People were getting saved. It was just all this amazing stuff happening. And here's one piece of the puzzle that was putting that all together. It says that every day they, talking about disciples, It says, every day they continued to meet together. We would be wrong to dismiss that aspect of that picture. And one of the famous promises in Matthew 18, it says, where two or three gather in my name, Jesus said this, there am I with them. Get some Christians together. It's not just the Christians in the room. It's the presence of Jesus in the room. If you want God's presence and all that he brings to the table, his presence, his power, his protection, we could go on and on with a list. One of the keys to that is connecting with other people. I'm going to, I heard a, An old illustration, I'm going to use it. It may not work for you. I'm a fire guy. I like to build fires. 
you know, campfire. Anybody like sitting around campfires, building, all that stuff? I, you, I heard somebody a long time ago compare the vibrancy of a spiritual life to, to being, staying connected to the fire. And just recently I observed this. You know, you can have a blazing fire and you'll look, there'll be like a piece of wood in that fire. And it's like, really, it's like on fire and flames and all that stuff. And if you remove that piece of wood, you know where I'm going. If you remove that piece of wood just five feet, just a little bit away, how long does it take before the fire in that wood, before the flame goes out? How long does it take? It takes an amazingly short amount of time. And you would think, no, I would think, because I love to play with fire, I would think that, oh, man, that stick's going to keep burning by itself. I'm going to put it over here. In fact, I'm going to take it and I'm going to make a torch like Indiana Jones and I will walk along. Your Indiana Jones torch will go out in like, do you like the Indiana Jones thing? Yeah, like, but it'll go out in like a minute because it doesn't stay connected to the, to the I thought it was a pretty good illustration. I think you guys are nice. I like Saturdays. A lot nicer on Saturdays. <laughs> Hold that thought. We're in a series called Missing Pieces. And we're trying to discover or rediscover the essentials of genuine faith. And today we're going to talk about the power, the necessity of a life that is not just connected to God, but is connected to other Christians, other followers of Christ. So here's a question. It'll come up on the screen. How consistently am I connecting with other Christians? Ask yourself that and assess your life. How you doing? Probably a few different groups of people in the room. Probably some of us are like, I'm doing pretty well. There's probably some others that are like, "Mm, I came to church this week, which is good. There'll be some connection here. Probably others could use some work. I also wonder if there's not a group when you assess that, 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 that you're thinking about disconnecting because you had some church Christian hurt thing. Anybody ever been disappointed with another Christian? I'm just waiting for everybody to get honest. <laughs> right? I mean, kind of. How many of you have ever disappointed somebody? But you, yeah. Waiting to be on. Okay, good. I love the honesty thing going. Um, but, the, but the reality is sometimes it's a temptation for us in the midst of that to like go, I don't know, I'm done, or maybe I'll quit that. And, 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 but, but I'm just going to, we're, we're going to try to bring some things to the, to the table this evening that will remind us of the value of either staying connected, getting, getting connected, enjoying connection, another group. You're someone who knows this so well, and you're thinking about starting a group to help others connect. God bless you. You want to change some lives? Start a group or start relationships. You can change somebody else's life by just being that person that'll help them connect. So in our text in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, God, through the writer Paul, is teaching about Christian how the Christian community works. This text is one of the texts where we get the term the body of Christ. It's not the only one, but the body of Christ. 
And uh, he's, Paul, the writer, is drawing parallels between the human body and how the community of Christians are, are supposed to and how it works. And so, in your Bible time, I'd encourage you to read the whole chapter. We're going to begin in verse 15. And it says, Now if the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. This is part of the text we're going to focus on, I think, more this evening. It says, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God, hang in there, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Last verse. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. There's a whole lot in that text. What I want to focus on is there's a couple principles that I think there are reasons, motivations for me, and I would argue for all of us, to get connected, stay connected, try to create connections, that makes sense? That's what we're going to focus on. And before we do that, um, uh, typically I would pray for the message, but I'm going to ask somebody else to pray because I'm tired of praying. Not really. So I'm looking around the room. Some of you are like, what in the world is he doing? I just need somebody with a, we're probably not going to do this on Sunday, but I just need somebody. Now you know where we're headed. Will you just pray for the message time, because we're the body of Christ, and it's not just the, so I need somebody that'll just say, I'll pray loud for the message. Ready, go. You want me to call on somebody? I'll, Brian, will you stand up and pray? Thanks, Brian. Amen. Thanks, Brian. I'm going to start doing that every service. So now you all ought to be ready. Next, next Saturday, I'm not, I may not do this every service, but next Saturday, I just may call on you. That would be a trip, wouldn't it? Some people are like, I am never coming back. title of the message, Better Together, Staying Connected is Key. Let me give you two reasons. The first one is this. Our connection impacts our life experience. I want to talk about this. Our connection really has a real impact on our experience in life. There's a verse verse 24. It's where these body parts are talking to each other. (laughs) And it says, 
it, you know, and it says that I cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the I don't need you. And then here's a little phrase that caught my attention. And the Bible says, on the contrary. And I would submit to you that on the contrary, is, it's like Bible language for you're wrong. Like if you would say, I don't need you. That's like, they, no, no, that's, I know, you really do. And what I want to do for a moment is emphasize the reality that we do need each other and real needs, life needs, practical needs get met through the connection with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Real, practical needs get met. There are gifts and abilities present in the body of Christ that bring goodness into my life because I am connected. Now, bear with me. We're going to look, get, get a little teachy here for a moment. Up on the screen is one possible list of the spiritual gifts that are connected, that are present in the body of Christ. Now, some of you, if you've never taken a spiritual gift class, this might be new to you. The next time we offer it, I would encourage you. These are the kinds of gifts uh, um, that manifest, that show up in the midst of the body of Christ. Remember, the text talks about eyes and ears and feet and all that. This is kind of how they show up. Are you look? There's like encouragement and giving and leadership and mercy. I'm on the upper left-hand side. Mercy, prophecy. Just take a moment and look. All those things show up when we gather in the body of Christ. They're present. Evangelism toward the bottom. Uh, 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 pastor teaching, serving, helps is in the upper right. Help happens. I want to take just a moment and walk through the, I think it's maybe the first five on the left side, and just give you some practical pictures of how if we're connected, those things can show up in our life, and that's like a really, 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 really good thing. So let's talk about encouragement. That, that's pretty easy. At some point in your life, my life, maybe in the next day or week or month, you know what would be awesome? Encouragement, because life is hard. Let's talk about giving. I was reminded of a, a couple in our church every once in a while, actually fairly regularly. Uh, uh, my wife and I will go out to dinner with them, and they are by nature just givers. I think that's part of their gifting, and uh, we will go, we, we go to like the same restaurant Every, I think every time, and uh, of the dozens of times that we've gone, they are, I've, I've only picked up the check one time, I typically offer every time, I'm getting tired of offering, and they're just, have you ever met anybody who's like, no, it ain't going to happen, and then they're just, they're just kind of giving, and, but while we're there, I think every single time, we go to this place called Doc Pierce's, and if you're, and we, and they have onion rings, that will make you moan. There's just like, and I'm an onion ring guy. And, and, but anyway, I just thought of the blessing in my life because we're connected. To, and by, by the way, you know where we met them? We met them at church. They're brothers and sisters in Christ. And so that is just this, my life is better because I'm connected to that couple. You didn't really like that one too much. Leadership. You're going to need, you're going to be in a situation where you're going to need someone to clarify, this is what we ought, this is what you ought to do. Let's do that. It happens. Mercy. Mercy is 
when you mess up your own life, it's your fault, and yet someone does not make, and someone does not bring the consequences to you that you deserve. Mercy. Does that, it's mercy. My first mercy story that I remember was, um, I said something that I never should have said years ago uh, in the presence of a young man. His name was John. I was playing in a tournament, a sports tournament. It was my first and only tennis tournament ever. Never tried it. Never tried it again. Um, I was at a camp. I was talking to a guy, and he said, hey, who did you... Uh, what do they call bracket? Like, anyway, hey, who are you going to be playing? And I knew, and I said, oh, I'm going to play John. He's like, John, who is John? And so I began to describe John, and I said this about John. I said, well, you, you probably would recognize him. He's that really scrawny, skinny kid. I, was tw- I think I was 18, 19 years old. I said, he's that really scrawny kid that's really not athletic, and really, and so here's that's what I said about it. Some of you right now, you know, and guess who was standing five feet from me when I said it? You want to say it out loud? It hurts my feelings still now. John, I remember looking across, and it's one of the things that deters me from, say, from talking, and I remember looking this way, and there was John, and I could see the pain in his face. But you know what I still admire about John? John never made me pay. He and I were friends, and I was too worried about trying to impress this guy. And he never made, he should have taken his rather small hand and punched me in the face. <laughs> you, know what I des- you know what I deserved? I deserved not so tall, not so big John to put me in a chokehold and put me to sleep. But he was kind, he, showed, he had mercy on me. There's going to be Mercy happens, and you know where that was? It was at a church camp. It was, in the midst of a, it was in the midst of the body of Christ, and he showed me mercy. Some of you are going to leave the church because you didn't know I was that. Me- then I got saved, and I've not made a mistake since. <laughs> so, just so you know. Mercy. You're going to need it in your life. And it shows up when you're connected in the body of Christ. Uh, what's the next one? Let's do Prophecy. Three or four years ago, I had a decision to make. I was invited by the national director to become a regional leader over some northern Indiana churches and the Michigan churches. And it's the first time that I remember in my life, usually if someone in authority over me asks me to do something, I don't pray about it a lot. I just do it. There's something for you to think about. I just say, but because of the responsibility and different, thing going, different things going on, I did not know what to do. I didn't know whether to say yes or no. Have you ever had one of those? I'm like, hmm. And so I'm at a conference, and the big prayer prayer request I had was, God, you need to tell, I'll do whatever you want me to do, but you need to tell me whether I'm supposed to take the regional leader position or not. All right? That was my prayer. It was like the one. And, And I went up front, literally. I literally went up front knelt down. I have no idea what the altar call was. It was this, this conference thing. And, I, and the thing I was there doing was, God, you know my prayer because I need to know what you want me to do. Ha! I 
can't believe this happened. It's like there's a real God. <laughs> Somebody came up this way. I can't tell you who it was. It wasn't anybody that I had a personal relationship. It was somebody at the conference tapped me on the shoulder while I was kneeling, gave me a sticky note. It's one of those little sticky notes. I wish I had kept it because I would love to say word for word, but this is basically what the sticky note said. God needs, and they even said it really humbly. They said, I was just in the back, and when I saw you, I felt like God wanted to say this to you, so you might want to think about this. They were so good. And it says, on the sticky note was scribbled, some, some, God needs you to say yes, and he will do the rest. That's a prophetic moment that helped me a lot. So when I'm doing regional leader things, even now, and I wonder, why did I say yes to this? I can go back to that mark in my life, that point in my life where God manifested in community the gift of prophecy. It, it helped my life. We, we benefit, you guys, from being connected with other people. By the way, and it's not just about us. Connect, uh, benefiting. A, a picture on the screen will come up. Here's my family. Some of you uh, know some of my family. and uh, if, if you didn't know, I have a family. There they are. And uh, I was just thinking of how much my family has benefited from connection in the body of Christ. Let me talk about my kids for a moment. They all look the same age. My wife looks the same age. She's actually the one on the right. But the kids are the, the, the other ones there. Here's parents. Pay attention to this. As your children grow, statistics, everybody will say, you know what the most important relationship in the development of your kids is? This is not a trick question. It's you. It's you. Until, I didn't know this until a couple, until your kids become 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and then one of the leading factors on how they turn out at that age, it's not you. It's a quality relationship with another a healthy adult. Does that make sense? With, it's somebody else. I think this really connects to spiritual life. It is somebody else who tells your child, some other healthy person who puts their arm around your son and says, keep following Jesus. I had told my son that his whole life, but it's somebody else's voice that says, hey, I see this in you, and you should keep following Jesus, and you be strong. Does that make sense? You know how that happens? That happens if you're in the church. That happens if you're in a healthy place. Can we all agree? There's a gazillion unhealthy voices out there our kids, as they get to that, they need a healthy voice from an... That's, that'll happen in the church. That'll happen when we're connected. Why is the time going so fast? Am I just... Because it's literally speeding by. <laughs> i got to give you another one. Why? Just because. My... Uh, because it's not, it's not just about us getting connected. It's about us connecting our family and all this. Thing. My, my wife, let's go back to my, the pic, my family picture. Family picture. That's not my family. My wife there. The other day, my wife, uh, every once in a while, she'll go out with this group of ladies. You know where she met them? Church. Gosh, it's crazy. 
But the other day she came home from a meeting. There's a, we can put the quick picture up. This is a group I think they, they get together. Anyway, and boy, that looks fun. She came home from a group, and uh, they were doing some activity or something. I just remember this. I said, so how was your group? So she began to tell me some of the things that they were doing. And as she began to describe it, and then she started telling stories, my wife got into an absolute full, full-blown belly laugh crying, couldn't explain why. She showed me these, and then she was talking about like Sandy. She was like, and then Sandy, and she just, I just spent, I just watched her just laugh and cry all at the same time. I'm like, I'd love to hear this story, but what is going And as that happened, by the way, then, I, have you ever just laughed at somebody who else was laughing so hard? This, and in the midst of that, and in hindsight, I had this thought. I am so glad that my wife has a connection that could bring that kind of, every once in a while, you need that kind of joy. And I would submit to you, one of the best places that you can have that. It will happen in a healthy church friendship gig. Am I convincing you at all yet to get connected or stay connected or start a group? It can change a life. Question with a fill in the blank. Am I connected enough to experience my best life? And then and I'm going to go on a little tangent here. I created, I created something. To, to, I'm going to do some stool time. I made this up today. It's called stool time. Okay? This is Pastor Mark's school time. Or no, stool time. You ready? I'm going to go on a little tangent here. I'm going to give you an idea that you can sort through on your own. Here's what I would submit to you. Something, this is almost a warning or a caution. How do you know there's a thing called the internet? Appreciate that. Literally, there's an internet. Here's what I would, here's what I would warn you to pay attention, folks. And, and God bless the internet. I, I do think there are some wonderful benefits of connection and information and all those th- kinds of things. But we will make a mistake if we somehow think the internet can bring us all that we need for the authentic, great, wonderful life. Let me tell you something. If you want to know how to fix your dryer, YouTube it. It's a great idea. Isn't that amazing? I mean, like you can show you. There are certain things. There are certain things, and maybe arguably the most important things in your life. If you only Google it, you will get information. But you will never, you will never get the transformation God wants in your life. I want you to think about this. This is why I'm sitting on a stool. This is not the stool. This is not official sermon time. But will you think about that? So you can Google. We can explore all we want. We can read a blog about how to have a marriage or how to lose belly fat, or, or where to, we, you can do all those things, and it's funny, a, a million comments, or you know, if you do a search, like a million things will show up, but here's what I would argue, that is, that, that all the information in the world will not bring transformation in your life, so you're not thinking about this hard enough. All the information, if it was true, 
You know what? We would all be happier, skinnier, staying married. I did a search on marriage books, and, and, it, and it gave me the top 100 books on marriage. You think with all those books on marriage, our marriages would be sticking together. We could flood the screen with statistics how people are not happier, right? We're, we're sadder, more confused, and we got more information than we've ever had. So, will you think about that? Think about that. Here, you can write this down. God's design is not just information about life, but transformational communities that give life. That was point number one. Point number two, our connection unleashes our godly purpose unleashes our godly purpose. If we show the text again, it talks about the different purposes, different body parts, like some, is, some are the foot and the hand and the ear and the eye, and God puts those together. I think it's safe to say because of this scripture and other scriptures that God has given every one of us a purpose, a gifting, a call in life. One verse, Romans 12, 6 says, we all, says we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. One translation says, we all have gifts. And the idea is if you want to find, if you want to find your purpose in life, connect to brothers and sisters in Christ. And in that place, you increase your chances of finding your purpose. Up on the screen. A uh, picture of four different folks I've had conversations with in the last 48 hours. And I won't go into detail, but I believe in, there's Marlene and uh, Clara. Look at Clara. Clara's got like the Shekinah glory awe of God behind her. And you know how she got that? She got connected to other people. Just, I just want you to know that my son down here had a conversation with him yesterday. Byron is over. Byron, by the way, is the one in the back, not the one in the front over here on the right. But I've had conversations, and I am, I am, this is my perception. I've had some conversation with you know what's happening in all their lives? They're exploring and experiencing the deeper, more purpose filled life. And you know, and I, I know about all of them. You know how part of why they're getting to where they're getting? It's because they're not distant from the community. They're in the community. Two little, two little truths I want to interject here. I didn't have a great place to put them, but you can write this in. Calling is what we want. I would argue we live in a world where people would love to have a calling. They would like to have a purpose. And the next thing to write down is calling is what God does. It's kind of who he is. I could go to all kinds of texts, but I want to finish our time in Luke 19 because I'm in the book of Luke during my Bible time. And uh, remind you, if you've not heard it, I'll, it'll be the first time, a story of a guy named Zacchaeus. And uh, let's see, the setting, Jesus is going through a town, I think it's Jericho, and Jesus has become really popular. And so he's like a celebrity and everybody's gathering along the streets because they want to get a glimpse of Jesus walking through. And Zacchaeus is there. Tiny bit about Zacchaeus. 
he is um, probably, he's selfish, he's, he's rich, selfish, and a sinner, and he's short because he can't see Jesus. Read the text. He wanted to see Jesus, but he was too short. Likely because he was a tax collector, even if he tried to move in among the crowd, likely there were people who would make no room for him. They, they would be like, no, no, I'm letting you in. You took all my taxes. Okay, that's going on. Um, and so if you know the story, so to, just to see Jesus, Zacchaeus climbs a tree so that he can see him go by. And in verse 5, it says, When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to Zacchaeus, I'm sorry, said to him, he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed Jesus gladly. Now pause. I was thinking about this. I don't... I always pictured the, the next part of this story happened at Zacchaeus's house, but I'm not sure it did. So he has just, Jesus has just said, come down, and he welcomes him. And in verse 7 it says, all the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. I think that there's, they're just in process of this new friendship of heading to the house. I can argue with that. But it's very early in their relationship. And notice in verse 8, here's what Zacchaeus does. He says, he stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Now listen. This is probably the most purposeful, eternal, this is the best moment, arguably, that Zacchaeus has ever had in his entire life. He has lived his life, most likely, for selfishness, personal gain, his own money, and, and in just moments, in the presence of Jesus, by the way, if you can put that, that's a big change. He all of a sudden has this heart. He's given half of what he has to the poor. And if he, and if he did anything wrong, he's being changed, and he said, you know what, if I took anybody's money that I shouldn't have, I'll pay back for it. That is transformation on a major scale in a person's life. And you know how it happened? You can write this down. After just moments in Jesus' presence, Zach, Zach, Zacchaeus made huge progress into his calling. It's just the presence of God. I mean, you know, you could have never argued anybody into giving half of your stuff away to the poor. I don't think. And I'll finish our time with Matthew 18, 20. This has to do with the presence of Jesus. You want to have the presence of Jesus, the transformational power of Jesus? It says, where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Connect to other people. Why don't you stand? We'll close. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray that you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.